When I was a kid in America, being a Christian was, well, the norm. In my neighborhood, you were either Christian or Jewish. Even if you didn't believe at all, you still tended to be placed in one of those two camps by virtue of birth, if nothing else. And the community treated you accordingly. There really wasn't much defense of one's faith needed. But when it comes to raising healthy kids in the Christian faith today, there's a need to defend the truth of the gospel. And quite frankly, that can't be overestimated. But I would suggest that most parents can't adequately defend their faith. But we need to be able to do that. And if it's important for us to be able to defend the faith, then it's arguably even more important to teach it as a skill to our kids. Because if they're in the public school, for example, or if they're digitally connected, well, then they're being bombarded and attacked because of the Christian faith more than we ever were. So for this and future generations, it's imperative to be prepared to defend our faith and to teach our kids to do likewise. That's today on License to Parent. Well, hello and welcome to License to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program helping teens in crisis. Our host, as always, on License to Parent is Trace Embry, the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, and I'm Rich Rossell. Trace, uh, for those who've listened to this program a long time, they know that Christian apologetics is a subject that we often discuss here on the broadcast. And, mm-hmm. well, we do that for a reason, don't we? Yeah, we do, Rich. Uh, but Shepherd's Hill is a proving ground for our position on this. I, I see kids, you know, they, they come to their own conclusions about God, the gospel, and the Bible all the time. Not because it's jammed down their throats, because it's not. Uh, we would never do that. In fact, some of the rebellion that kids have exercised against their parents, uh, against God, against the gospel and the Bible, is because they feel it was forced down their throats, yeah. uh, whether that's true or not. Uh, but we do give them answers to the questions and objections uh, that they come here with. Uh, most kids come you know, from homes where the Christian faith is, is at least nominally accepted and applied uh, you know, by their parents, uh, but not all parents apply it. The problem is that today's kids perceive an entire nation living by a totally different moral code. And for the moment, anyway, it feels right to them. Uh, But the key word is perceive. And how can their parents be right when the whole world is perceived to to be offering them the freedom to live lives that bring self-gratification at every turn? And it's it's just like the devil to, to have them believe something like that. Uh, but, you know, when, when kids hear and understand, as Paul Harvey used to say, the rest of the story at Shepherd's Hill, uh, then they come to their own conclusions and therefore come to their own faith. Uh, and Christian apologetics is a big part of that. Uh, of course, when this happens, life change and total transformation happens. But a key component to the puzzle is getting kids to know and understand the answers to the myriad objections to the faith. Answers that nobody has been able to provide for them before coming to Shepherd's Hill. Now, the advantage we have as Christians is that the truth is on our side. And it can be backed up historically, philosophically, logically, archaeologically, and in the vast majority of cases, scientifically, not to mention, of course, biblically. But even more importantly, they, they actually experience it being lived out before them while they're here. Mm. Unfortunately, very few Christians understand the importance of Christian apologetics. And why? Because we never had to before, Rich. But the internet has changed the game field. Today, kids are being bombarded with objections to the faith that only seasoned theologians had to deal with before. Consequently, our kids are left to feel like fools because they have no answers to these seemingly valid objections. 
And no kid wants to look foolish today, or for that any time in history, for, for that matter. But so I'm looking forward to talking more about this subject with with today's guest, who who happens to be in the studio with us today. Well, he does indeed, Trace. And uh, you know, I think that uh, as seems to be the story with many Christian apologists, Dave Glander, our guest was a devout atheist prior to uh, a radical encounter with Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's funny how it's the radical encounters with all aspects of life and of God that seem to make the biggest change in us. So yeah. I, I, I know for me, there have been times in my life where I felt I just hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's those rock bottom moments, those extreme moments that are the ones that really rattle us, get our attention and turn things around. And that is Dave's story. Um He's now a deeply committed believer in Christ and in the Bible. He's founder of the apologetics-based Truth Ministries and of Tied to Christ, both of which are headquartered in Atlanta, Georgia. He's also a co-pastor at The Way in Houston, Georgia, and co-founder of an apologetics-based youth summer camp that's called Equip Retreat. We'll find out more about that in a bit. Uh, He's the author of the Faith Survival Guide Apologetics Curriculum. He owns and curates the Museum of Truth, which is an 1,800-square-foot traveling biblical museum, and he's an expert on the Shroud of Turin, which, coincidentally, he's worn to the studio today. So... uh, (laughs) Uh, because when we're recording this, it's rather cold, and he needed you know whatever you spare layers he could get. Uh, additionally, by the way, Dave has hosted his own radio program called What Is Truth. He currently lives in the Atlanta area with his wife Stephanie and uh, their son Mark. So, Dave, welcome. Amen. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate it. And and you're really rocking that shroud look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I call it my uh, Jedi look. If I actually pull the hoodie up over with this beard, I kind of resemble Luke sitting on the hill. There. <laughs> we we are we are jesting. He is not really wearing. For those worried, he's not really wearing the shroud. <laughs> well, Dave, you just recently put on a um, the Truth Conference uh, with Alex McFarland. Uh, tell us what the conference was was all about. What are you What are you trying to accomplish with this thing? Really, I'm just you know when I when I first got saved, I I was introduced to apologetics you know right out of the gate and and absolutely fell in love with it and um, immediately ran into this this issue of how do I get the truth out there? You know how do I reach all these people? And mm-hmm. and a lot of the times conferences is the best way to do it. Um, I've been fortunate enough to. Um, to, to rub elbows with some of the greatest apologists that are alive today and uh, be able to, to to get them together in what I would call more of an intimate setting. Um, a lot of the times you go to the conferences and you're not really able to spend any one-on-one time with the people. You hear mm-hmm. them get up on the on the stage and they, they make their case and then they're off into the green room and you never see them. Mm-hmm. And it was important to me, and I actually learned this through um, uh, Tactical Faith out of Alabama does the same thing where they, they have these apologetics conferences where not only does the apologist get up and make their case, but then you get a chance to sit down with them and really ask them some of the tougher questions mm-hmm. that, that they may not have thought about mm-hmm. to, to present within their case. So that's really what the Truth Conference represents. It's kind of more of a an intimate encounter with some some great minds of today in, in an area where we can really, you know, unpack what is individually in that person's mind. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, what was the defining moment in, in your apologetic experience that convinced you that uh, convinced you most uh, that Christ really was who he claimed to be. Well, that's that's a long story. We don't have time for that, but I can tell you in a nutshell, um, I was set free from a, a, a four-year meth addiction uh, in an instant. It was kind of a 
Damascus Road experience like Paul had where it was an instantaneous thing and, and I didn't know which God did it and so I started studying Buddhism and uh, figured out that Siddhartha Gautama's words weren't written down for 600 years after his death and that didn't line up for me. I started studying Islam first because I thought you know, 9-11 really stood out in my mind. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. I thought, mm -hmm. well, if they have enough zeal to blow themselves up in buildings, they got to know the truth because I'm not seeing Christians do that, you know, mm -hmm. and so they, so when I found out that Muhammad wanted to throw himself off a cliff with his first vision, his, his second cousin, Khadijah, that turned out to be his wife, was the one who had to convince him that, no, this was an angelic visit. That all didn't line up for me. I was thinking, this these are off to bad starts. I read a, a case for Christ, and I got to the part where there was historical evidences for Jesus outside the Bible. And when I got to that part, because I was ignoring Christianity. I mean, I live in America. Everybody's yeah, heard right. Jesus. I mean, I grew up with my dad saying Jesus about... You know, a hundred times a day, just not in the right context. But uh, anyway, so so when I got to that part of the book and I realized, wait a second, I can throw away the Bible and find out everything I need to find out about Jesus outside by, by first century witnesses that were enemies to the faith. That was a game changer, man. All of a sudden I realized, wait a second, if this guy in history is the same guy as the, the one in the Bible, I might ought to pick up the Bible and, and read that. And so mm -hmm. that was that was kind of my introduction to apologetics. And from there, you know, I grew up in public school where I was taught that Darwin had it all oh, right. Yeah, we didn't right. need God. So I kind of went from history to science and fell in love with biology. And, you know, if you had told me before I was a Christian I was going to study biology, I would have laughed you outside the doors. <laughs> but but I, I just became infatuated with the, the, the three questions. How did we get here? Why are we here? And where do we go when we die? Yeah. You yeah. have to have evidences that appeal to the logic. Right. That's where apologetics comes in. Yeah, and I think a lot of parents believe that they believe what they believe because of blind faith. Uh, they, don't, they don't understand that they're... Uh, Jesus never required us to accept no. him because of blind faith. We believe in Jesus, and he, he gave us evidence to believe in what we believe. Even the doubting Thomas, yeah. he said, hey, unless I can you know, shove my uh, hand in his side, well, here, go ahead. Yeah. He gave him what well, he, I mean, he asked All through for. the book of Acts, you see apologetics being used right. by the disciples. When, when Paul went into Greece, he, he said, let me, let me talk to you about this unknown God. Let me show you who he is. I mean, apologetics isn't something new. It's, mm -hmm. it's been around yeah. since the and advent of the church. And kids are really eating it up. They, they, oh, they're gosh, on the yeah. edge of their seat. So parents, if you want your kids to be interested, in, in godly stuff, yep. go the apologetics route. Oh, you're going to say start apologizing. To <laughs> One thing that I like, though, about what you said is you, you keep pointing back to the evidence. And I wish that scientists, modern scientists, would do this more. So often nowadays we see a premise stated and then let's find the evidence to support it. Mm -hmm. As opposed to <laughs> let's look at the evidence and see where it leads. Yeah. And uh, with with your look at apologetics and uh, Josh McDowell's book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, which has now been revised a time or two, yeah. it talks about, look, here are the facts. Yeah. Now, what do these what facts do tell us? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's so important. I wanted to ask you this, though. You didn't start off as an apologist. You weren't born an apologist per se. Uh, so you you found some evidence that rocked your world, that changed things, and you said, wow, you know, there's stuff beyond the Bible. I've got to see what this is true. How did you then take upon yourself this aspect of I'm going to systematically learn this, apply it, and teach it to others? That I mean, that's, that's kind of a, a major jump in itself. 
Yeah, you know, if I can encourage parents out there in, in this, and this this is an embarrassing part of my testimony, it really is, um, but I, I never finished high school. I don't have a GED to this point. And so when I'm at conference level with multi-PhD holders and, and, and they're on the platform speaking and I'm about to get up after them and God always humbles me and reminds me, I, I didn't go that route. And so I always say, if I can do this, anybody can do this. You don't have to be a brilliant PhD. If you want to go get your PhD, by all means, go do it. Yeah. That's not required yeah. to learn the basic information that there's there's evidence out there. You don't have to be a biologist to understand biology when it comes down to what makes up DNA. Can DNA come before RNA? Can can the chicken come before the egg is basically what it comes down yeah. to. You don't have to be a brilliant scientist to understand that. And I think that's what pushes a lot of people away from apologetics is they think, well, if, if I don't go to college for four years and then another four years and then another four years, I can't do this. No, if, if, if God is called a humble little fool like myself to stand on national conferences and deliver information that Tracy, you and I were talking about that touches eternity. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not talking yeah. about these, you know, temporal scientific science is changing all the time. I, yeah. I want to touch on what you said. You go to a museum and you see these posters and these videos and all this stuff of this animal at two o'clock, they swam to the East and ate a blue fish. And you, you, you're like, <laughs> wow, that's impressive scientific knowledge you have. I should believe that. And you get down to the end and they have a tooth and that's yeah. the evidence. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, how did you come up with all that from a tooth? That's I wish, you, like you said, I wish scientists would stop postulating an idea and then trying to support it. Instead, what does the tooth tell you? Let's let's just go by that alone. Well, yeah. knowledge doesn't always equate to understanding. Amen. All That's right? true. And then, there's, of course, there's the whole wisdom component in the equation. And I want to remind our listeners, too, that the Bible uh, was authored uh, by God through uh, the common man. The, I was just going to say the uh, you know, common man. Uh, bricklayers and shepherds fishermen. and fishermen and doctors and, you know. Slaves. All, yeah, and, and there was not a lot of them that were formally trained. Yeah. Paul might have been the the only one. That, oh, Luke. That, yeah. He was a doctor, though. Luke yeah. was a doctor. He, he wasn't a theologian. You know? Oh, no, no, but yeah, I, I would but, say he at least had some education. Yeah, he had yeah. some education. Yeah. However much education needed to be a doctor back then. I mean, these guys were, you know, bleeding people. I mean, you look at, you look at, you look at Jesus himself was, was a carpenter. He was. He didn't right. hold some, That's you know, PhD position in the Sanhedrin or something. Yeah. I mean, he was God. God wants to use the common man. He really, I mean, he, he really does. Right. He so the, you're saying Jesus can't be God because he didn't have an education? That's right. Wow. <laughs> it's, it's all I'm saying this: out. Jesus would be disqualified from most pastoring positions in churches That's, in America. Boy, isn't that, that true? true? Isn't that true? Yeah. Wow. We are talking today with Dave Glander, author, speaker, curator, apologist, all wrapped into one. His curriculum is the Faith Survival Guide. You can find out more about all of Dave's uh, work and all that he's up to at his website, truthministries.tv. We'll be back with more conversation with Dave Glander when License to Parent continues. In the training of our children, what role should public school play? Documentarian Colin Gunn takes a panoramic exploration of this issue by hopping in a school bus for a field trip all over America in the DVD Indoctrination. Colin conducts a series of candid interviews and discovers how God's recipe for training the next generation is being replaced with a humanistic, man-centered program that fragments the family and undermines the influence of the church and the Great Commission. Christian teachers and principals share how they're attempting to walk the tightrope between teaching what they do not believe and being restricted from their God-given call to be salt and light. 
Indoctrination, Public Schools and the Decline of Christianity in America. Available in the Licensed to Parent store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds support the Shepherds Hill Academy Student Scholarship Fund. Teen Rebellion, Depression, Addiction, Rage, Cutting, and Suicide are destroying our families today. But there is a way out. Shepherds Hill Academy offers a 12-month, Christ-centered, nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherds Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherds Hill Ministries and Licensed to Parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is, and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherds Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. You're listening to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. And we are talking today on the program with Dave Glander, who is uh, author, speaker, curator of a museum in the Atlanta area, also an apologist. We're tackling apologetics today. His curriculum is the Faith Survival Guide. You can find out more about all of that at truthministries.tv. And Dave, we talked at the beginning of the program about some events. I know the Truth Conference just ended, but uh, you've got uh, some other big events coming yeah, up, including yeah. the Equip Retreat. Tell us I'm about that. I'm excited about this. This will be our fifth year, and um, the Equip Retreat was designed. Uh, we, we hold the Equip Retreat. It's a week-long camp that goes from uh, June 17th to the 22nd this year and uh, Temple, Georgia, at a place called Woodland Christian Camp. Okay. And it is phenomenal. It's got zip lines and rock walls and, and ponds and volleyball and pool. And, I mean, all the different things that a kid would want for but the camp experience. But kids don't want that. They just want apologetics. No, the kids no will only pizza. show up if okay. you give them the rest of that stuff. Okay. <laughs> they'll show up for a camp. However, we do, um, I think I counted it up, there's 18 sessions in five days, wow. we do three apologetic sessions during the day, three one-hour sessions during the day in between all the activities, and then we do an evangelical message at night with full worship and stuff. So you get four messages per day, three of which are apologetics, and one of which is kind of trying to, during the day we're talking to the mind, and at night we want to try the heart to the mind, make that full connection. Awesome. And let me just tell you, I, I may be a little biased because I'm a co-founder, it works. The oh. reason why I started it was because I got tired of my son coming home, and I'd say, what'd you get? Oh, it was awesome. Well, no, what'd you get out of it? Oh, it was so great. What'd you get out of it? Oh, it was so <laughs> wonderful. And it was like, no, but what did you get? Yeah. And he never could tell me. Yeah. So we founded this camp based on apologetics. Let's give them tools to put in their toolbox, oh, and they leave changed. Right. Um, they, do you feel that if, if parents had a handle and taught their kids to have a handle on Christian apologetics, that it could possibly, in the long haul anyway, make life better for both parent and child? And if so, how so? I have a saying, if you don't know why you believe what you believe, your what is useless. Mm -hmm. So you can teach your kids what to believe, 
all day long. Yeah. But if you don't instill in them why they believe what they believe, mm-hmm. their what's only going to last so long. And, and their what isn't, That's I, true. Can, I can know that, you know, well, I, Jesus died for me on the cross. But if I don't know how to apply that, if I don't really believe he resurrected, mm-hmm. you know, and, and again, the historical evidence for the resurrection is overwhelming. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Yeah. But if you don't know that the evidence is there and study that evidence, then really all it is is kind of an idea that Christ died on the cross. It's not a reality. Mm-hmm. If you don't know why you believe that he died on the cross, yeah. that he died on the cross isn't going to sustain you. Yeah. And I think that's where Islam breaks down. I think there's yep. a lot of people uh, that follow uh, Muhammad that really don't know all the whys behind it. And when they learn the whys, they convert over to Christianity. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a big uh, there's a big deal going on right now in the Mideast where these, these Islamic people are having dreams about Jesus. Yep. Yep. We interviewed a lady a while back that... Uh, uh, had a, a a death experience, came back, and and uh, she said in her research it was ten years that uh, uh, it took her to, uh, to uh, start talking about her experience because she t- spent ten years trying to disprove her own yeah. experience. Yeah. And uh, in her in the course of her uh, research, she realized that more non Christians meet Jesus than Christians when yeah. when they have these afterlife experiences. Which well, we is, just we just lost a hero of the faith in 2017 with Nabil Qureshi. I mean, oh. he was he was uh, uh, grew up Muslim and and turned out to be one of the greatest Christian apologists against Islam that that I mm. would argue was ever lived and he just died of a gruesome cancer in 2017. Uh-huh. But he was converted because he was trying to disprove his Christian friends mm-hmm. and in the process of trying to disprove it, he finally actually sought to understand Islam. Well, that's and a- when he understood Islam, he was like, whoa, 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 I didn't sign up for that. Right, even though he was, you know. 20-something years old, mm-hmm. and for 20-something years had dedicated his life to Allah when he finally realized what Islam said. He critically thought mm-hmm. about what Islam said, what Muhammad said. He was like, I'm not down for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, we lost R.C. Sproul. Yeah. Uh, and, and these guys, just the guys that really had some knowledge uh, are starting to die off. Yeah. You know, uh, Billy Graham isn't going to be around forever. Yeah. And he's, yeah. Is there anyone picking up the slack here? Uh, as it should, because we need apologists more now than we ever did. Is, who's coming to bat for us these days? You know, it's it's funny that you'd ask that because um, one of my bones to pick with the world of apologetics is um, it catapulted about ten to twenty years ago and put a lot of money in a lot of people's pockets to the point where I mean, eight twelve thousand dollars just to come and speak for an hour was the new model that was set. And there's not a rope being lowered to the next generation. And mm-hmm. and the attention to getting apologetics into local churches is not there. And so mm-hmm. that that's that's why I feel like going back to my testimony, that's yeah. why I feel like God's called me into the world of apologetics at the conference level is to go in and say, look, let's cut this out and get it to the layman. Let, let's get the information into the local church because it's trapped at the conference level. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same people go to the conferences every year. It's like it's like a polycon is yeah. what I call it. You know, <laughs> the same people go listen to the same people speak, yeah. and 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 it doesn't go back home with them where they're getting support from their local church to do it. And yeah. It's 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 trapped, and that's that's a shame. You know how many churches I go to? I say, how many of you have ever heard of apologetics? And there'd be a thousand people uh, in there. Maybe three hands go up, including the pastor. And, I mean, well, the pastor. 
pastors think we're out like we're in enemy territory, like right. like we're trying to defy theology or something. I'm like right. apologetics is a discipline that should be added into your regular studies. That's right. all it is. Right. And they don't realize they think it's too deep of a subject for these kids oh, to grasp. Man. They, oh, man. they think that well, if, if it's not pizza, loud parties, and you know bells and whistles and rock and roll music, that their youth groups. Let me shrink. tell. Let me tell their you kids, what. Their kids will be on the edge of their seat. If they get someone in that knows what they're talking I about. I love when I'll I'll be introduced or invited to go speak at a church and they'll say, you know, you got uh, there's an hour total. What should we do in the in the meantime? And we'll give you 15 minutes. I said, well, give me an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I said, well, you can't keep their attention for an hour. And I yeah. just chuckle. I'm like, yeah, are you kidding? That's right. Like you can't keep. Uh, no, give give me your kids for an hour. Yep. And after it's over, they're not going to want to leave. When when I do chapel over here, sometimes we the last two times ago yeah. we stayed in there for another hour. Yep. Or so chatting because they they're eat it eating it up. They eat. They're it desiring up. it. When I did a study on why that's spiritual. Why do why do kids go to church? Like what what would their reason be? Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be pizza, games, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, here's what they said. That's why they're leaving. That's why they're leaving, because here's what they said. If we're going to take our time to go to your church, you better teach us about this Jesus you say. That's exactly don't, right. Don't give me pizza. Yeah. I can get pizza somewhere else. Right. I was, Without I was, the guilt. I was dumbfounded when I read that research. I didn't know that would be the case. Yeah. No, that is definitely the case. I can tell you from doing what I do. Uh, we, we teach kids like they're, you know, when I say kids, I'm going back 10 years old and up. I teach them like they're grown adults. Yep. And guess what? They get it. And I can, I can tell you from experience that these kids eat it up. And parents, if you want your kids to be uh, curious about the Lord and, 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 and want them on the edge of their seat to uh, pursue eternal things, uh, then, then bring apologetics in, into the mix. It might sound boring and brutal and, and over your head uh, at first. Trust me, it's not. And there are plenty of people out there who still get the job done uh, sharing it and, and making it uh, yeah. uh, digestible for you. Re- reach out to me at truthministries.tv. There there's, there's an info thing. Just hit an email if you're struggling, and I'll do anything I can to help. I'll close that with one example of how much how effective this is. There was two churches I invited to go to a museum down on the Grange, Georgia. It's a biblical outdoor museum. Yeah. And it's really cool, right? So I invited two different youth groups. Each one of them had about 30 to 40 kids in there. We ended up with about 30 kids going, right? It was awesome. All 30 kids came from the same church. Not a single one came from the other church. You know what the difference is? That youth pastor, who I I knew both of them very well, Mm -hmm. one of them taught apologetics as kind of a a, a regular, you know, discipline. Yeah, with right. It, it should with be it, regular. With, yeah, it was just it not not straight apologetics all the time. Yeah. Just as they're teaching the theology right. and, and, and the doctrine, it needs to be woven within everything. And so those thirty kids were hungry. Yep. The other thirty kids got pizza and games. Yeah. And not a single one of them showed up. Yeah. So that that's always been my strong evidence that man, you you feed them to them, that's they're right. going to want more. That's right. Well, Dave, you have some practical resources uh, that, that could help parents with the issue of apologetics. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I wrote a faith survival guide. Um, and the reason why I called it faith survival guide is because I was reading the statistics with the kids who were leaving uh, the faith by the time, you know, 18 to 23, there was eight out of 10 kids were leaving the faith. So I wrote the faith survival guide, hoping to keep that. And it's really, it's written with a lot of meat. But it's written starting back with with middle school, high school, trying to catch them back in that time, back when the questions start to surface. Because if you wait until college, they're already gone. Mm -hmm. So I wrote it in such a way that anybody can teach this. There's a leader's guide and there's a student's manual. And the leader's guide has all of the information in there that you don't have to be an apologist. I've had it actually is in, in, in three different countries now and has been taught by 
laymen and, and college students and high school students who have taken the class and then went and taught the class themselves because all the information you need to teach the book is within the leader's manual and simplified. Yeah. And I, all the, all the, the, the right-hand side of the page is the same information except for the fill-in-the-blanks are filled in. The left side of the page has everything you need to teach the right side of the page. So it's dumbed down to the point where your average Joe can absolutely pick it up and teach an apologetics class. Awesome. Once again, our guest today on Licensed to Parent has been author, speaker, curator, and apologist Dave Glander. His curriculum is Faith Survival Guide. You can find out more about that and all Dave is up to at his website, truthministries.tv. And Dave, one more time to sign up for the weekend or the conference. Where do they go? Equipretreat.org. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for being with us. We really Thank appreciate, you. I appreciate it. it. And this is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You'll find us online at licensedtoparent.org. Now, we produce this program to share some of the hard lessons that come from working with troubled teens day after day in the hopes that your family might avoid some of the heartache and avoid the need for a residential program for your teen. As always, though, if you can help our work financially, and we hope you will, please click the Donate button at the top of the page at LicensedToParent.org and become one of our ministry partners. Your gift can help the work we do at Shepherd's Hill and can help less fortunate families who may need residential care but can't afford it. A donation in any amount will certainly be a blessing, and of course, the need is great right now. Just click the Donate button when you visit LicensedToParent.org, and thanks in advance. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fazina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosal, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.